Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here, host of the Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America, one enslaved mind at a time. And listen to me very carefully. Oh yeah, you can understand me today, can't you? Yeah, people said, Dave, you're really under the weather. I still am, and I may break into a coughing fit, but I have a mute button. But uh, i got to tell you what happened to me real quickly. I'm driving um, about 130 miles away from where I'm staying, and the state of Colorado does not maintain their roads, and I'm going down a major two-lane highway, Highway 36, and I hit something but between about 12 and 18-inch rut going 65 miles an hour. No way to see it. And it shredded my tire. Fortunately, the rim survived. I thought I was going to roll the car because it lifted up a little bit on the left-hand side. But here's my dilemma. I had to drive back to where I was staying on a, um, a donut, and I had to drive 150 miles. 150 miles. You're not supposed to do that on a donut. And now I, I've got a new tire, okay, no problem there, but I could not get a spare with a rim. And I'm leaving town this weekend, and I can't wait. So uh, yours truly is hoping the donut is a little more resilient than they've told me. So say a prayer for me. It's uh, interesting. The state of Colorado, yeah, the liberal government sucks. Love the people. Love the state. Love it. I grew up here. But, uh, man, I tell you, they do not maintain the roads. And by the way, when I was driving back at 45 miles an hour, because that's all you can drive on a donut, uh, I saw another car pulled over in the same area that I had a flat, and they had a flat too. Thank you, Colorado. Um, ain't the same since Bill Vidal left CDOT. You go, who's that? He's former director of CDOT. He's retired. Bill and I used to play a lot of basketball together as kids. Anyway, we have Sam Arnold with us, and we're going to be talking about a few different things. I'm going to bounce a story off of him that Paul Preston awakened me from a sound sleep last night to tell me, and I've been able to verify it with another good source. And we're going to go into some interesting things. We'll touch on Antarctica. Uh, Sam's going to debunk some of the military movements. But I will tell you one that I'm going to bring up is real. And um, let's just say, let me get the ads out of the way, because uh, we wouldn't have this show without them. Um, Biden is moving to control more food. More and more and more and more. And you can wait in a Biden food line. You can take your chances with bugs. You can just basically ignore these warnings. Or you can go get the best storable food in the world, 25-year shelf life, best pricing. There's specials available, restaurant-quality food. There's lots of diversity, breakfast, lunch, dinner. You won't get sick of eating the same thing. And if you don't, you might live or not live to regret it. Go to foodwithdave.com. That's foodwithdave.com. Interestingly enough, on this next uh, sponsor we have, Noble Gold, I saw a picture today on Breitbart where they had a historical picture of Obama signing the Dodd-Frank law. Do you know what that is, ladies and gentlemen? That gives the banks permission to steal your money. Now, it's totally illegal. They declare you to be an unsecured creditor under this law, and that means when you put your money in the bank or your retirement's associated with the bank, they can take it to soften and cushion the fall that they're about ready to go through. Make no mistake about it, they will do it. This is why I advocate for keeping operating capital in the bank and anything above and beyond that. You need to get it in precious metals. Now, if it's your retirement, get it the hell away from the bank and back it up with gold. You'll control it. And gold has held its value for 6,000 years. I want to send you a free information packet on this, but don't wait long, folks, because once CBDC comes in, and we're 10 days away from the Fed coin, and CBDC comes right on the heels, but when that comes in, game over. They 
control everything. So let me send that to you now. Go to DaveHodgesGold.com. That's DaveHodgesGold.com. Well, Sam needs no introduction. He's been on our show a lot, and he is our Latin American expert. But we're going to go a little north of the border and then far to the south tonight to cover some of the topics. Sam, I'm glad you could join us. How's the weather there in Mexico? I've heard it's hot. Hello, Sam. Hello, Sam. Check, Dave. One, two. Okay. I apologize. Okay. <clears throat> it has been 45 degrees Celsius, which is 115 Fahrenheit. And oh boy. even worse than that, my voltage, which is supposed to be 127, at the pole is down sometimes to 90 volts, which means my air conditioner won't run. And so it's been a little bit miserable. And then uh, you talk about tire problems. The drug cartels have discovered an ancient ninja technique, and they have the welders make caltrips out of rebar. So those are, they call them puncha yantas, tire puncturers. And they're all over the place, and so we've had a few go-rounds. Why, with, why, do, uh, they, why do they do, Sam, why do they do that? The, the same reason the fuzz does. Sometimes they use their spike strips, and sometimes the authorities use the very same caltrips that the, that the drug dealers use. So they're all trying to puncture one another's tires to immobilize vehicles uh, for to stop them or to ambush them or whatever. It's just uh, one of the one of the regional hazards, I guess. Well, Sam, you know, one of the things I saw today, someone sent me a, t a tweet, and it's real. And it was a video, looked like a covert video, inside some kind of warehouse. And they were welding on 50 caliber machine guns on top of various vehicles. They had cut holes in the roof of the car or uh, SUV and they had bolted down 50 caliber machine guns, and there were a lot of them. Have you seen that video? I have not seen that video, but that activity is common here. And uh, on the Gulf Coast, where I'm broadcasting from, there's been a real interaction, some hostility between two rival cartel factions. And so, yes, they roll out with what they call monstros. They call it a monster truck, and they call it that artisanal armor. Our U.S. military and contractors call it a technical fighting vehicle, and a, a lot of technicals still are not armored. And so when you're dealing with a technical that's actually armored and has uh, belt-fed machine guns, sometimes grenade launchers, firing ports, etc., it's a force to be reckoned with. Hence the puncha yantas, you know, the, the caltrop is still effective against those to a degree. So, yes, it's going on. And uh, it's, it's on the increase. Let me go ahead and tell you one of the things that's happening here is the cartels are, are swelling with migrants coming in from Nicaragua, Cuba, Venezuela, and other points. And they're training them in full auto weapons firing before they cross the border or whatever. So this is a new and dangerous expendable element to the cartels. The cartel can send these guys out to attack uh, the military headquarters, military uh, convoys or uh, patrols, or uh, into the USA. And they're just getting a rushed training in full-auto weapons fire. Submachine guns, Russian systems, you know, Kalashnikov, AK-47 system, and uh, AR systems, uh, Armalite, stoner rifles that the, the U.S. uses. And so... Uh, that's happening right now, and it's a lot hotter 
than it used to be, even in this very, very hot zone. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, I want to share with the audience what I told you in our pre-air discussion. Uh, Paul Preston called me very late last night and woke me up out of a sound sleep. And Paul doesn't do that. We're very good friends, by the way, but Paul wouldn't do that unless it was important. And he and I have been covering the Oroville Dam situation. And let me just say this is a preliminary remark. The dam is at 100% capacity. I've seen one report in the mainstream media, and that's official. 100%. The spillways are broken. So when that dam overtops, it won't be long until the whole thing goes, and the spillways can't stop it. A wall of water anywhere between 10 and 30 feet would reach Sacramento in about 70 minutes, and it would basically wipe the city out, especially when it co- uh, coalesces with the Feather and American River. It would continue on and would endanger the drinking water supplies of 20 million people in Southern California. In addition, the biggest rice-producing area in the world is in that valley, and that would be wiped out, and this would be global famine. And no one is raising an alarm. Now, we were there seven years ago. Uh, Paul and I were talking about it. We caused so much stink uh, that the authorities, Jerry Brown was the governor then, they had to respond and actually do something. But right now, they appear to be doing nothing. Now, let me dovetail into what I told Sam. What Paul called me about last night was a five-mile-long train coming out of Arizona into California filled with nothing but military hardware. And we were talking about, well, what do you think it is, Paul? Dave, I don't know. What do you think it is? And it hit me like a ton of bricks in my sleeping stupor. I said, Paul, I bet you anything, these are martial law vehicles for when and if this dam breaks. And, and I said, I, I'm not a big believer in all the stories about the Russians and Chinese crossing the border right now. I don't think those are credible yet. But I do know that the Oroville Dam is credible, and this is very serious. So, Sam, that's what I got, and I got one other source confirmed. They didn't know what the military hardware was for. They just know that it was shipped five-mile-long train. Yeah, that's a lot of hardware. Uh, Let me respond to that because uh, a lot of people think you're crying wolf and being chicken little about this, but it's – Literally what just happened in Ukraine from a military sabotage attack that each side claims the other did. And it happened several times in Brazil when Bolsonaro was president and was trying to rebuild his nation. Did you know that there were multiple dam failures that flooded villages and mudslides and people buried and search teams coming in? Even from Israel, search teams came in with their air-sending search dogs to dig victims out of out of the muck. And this happened probably, I'm going to say, three or four big ones during the Bolsonaro campaign. And so this is a very likely and a tried and true way to start just to open a can of worms that can lead to a war, it can lead to martial law. And it would also, in that particular case of the Oroville Dam, this would destroy California's Central Valley, yeah. which is the real conservative heart of California, I believe containing even Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House's hometown where he lives to this very day. I don't know that that's true, but you're right about the conservatism. But I'll also tell you this. Um, The damage to the food supply would be irreversible. I mean, we're talking famine. It's not just rice they have. There's a whole series of products, but they're number one in rice in that area. And then retail would stop. I wrote an article about this seven years ago 
when the dam was in trouble before. And what we covered, what Paul and I covered at that time, was the fact that I-5 would be inundated, be underwater, and retail going from west to east would stop. And about 50% of the retail comes in through California. So that would not be good for the economy. And if you look at the new California movement, and here's another factor, and I said this to Paul last night, and he went, uh, aha, I think you're right. Um, if you look at the fact New California now has 50 counties that want out of the state, out of 58, it's interesting because if you have this damn break, you cut a lot of the heart out of the support for New California. So there's a lot of motives for these people to let this happen. Economic sabotage, food shortage sabotage, and people say, why do you advertise for storable food? I just told you why. So, Sam, this is very serious, and... I, as Paul said this morning, he's covering the dam situation uh, on a remote broadcast for Agenda 21 Radio, and that's the number one digital show in America. And and he's up there, and he's he's cataloging the depth and everything. Now, here's the scary thing: the spring runoff hasn't even peaked yet. Uh huh. There's no way this dam's going to survive unless there's a big intervention. And then there's something else too. Did you know, as part of the continuity of government program? In uh, the 1950s under Eisenhower, on these dams, they put explosions, uh, explosive devices. And so if we were being invaded, let's say, out of Canada by Russia, uh, a dam would be blown up. It would flood the fields and stop the advance of the Russian troops. Those ordinances, we believe, either the updated version or the original, are still there. And we're not putting it past these people, particularly Newsom, to bring down his state uh, for this reason. Now, his state is billions of dollars in debt. He's up to his eyeballs in corruption, and he needs some type of catastrophic event so he can get federal relief funds to cover up his criminality and his embezzlement of money. Yes, and uh, he'd like to step into the limelight, of course, because he is the likely successor. He's the golden boy that the lefty loons would like in the White House, Gavin Newsom. That's that's their guy. Well, he does have one advantage over uh, Biden. He can find his way out of the room. <laughs> he knows how to slide those difficult questions instead of just bungling them on live TV. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I thought I would bring that up. And, and that kind of goes into what you have some information on about the reports of um, troop movements, military hardware movements, except for this one, I'm not a believer these other ones are going on. How about you? I refuse to report it on my radio show, which uh, is airing tonight and tomorrow, because there are so many holes in the theory. Uh, I, I've not seen what anything that looks like beyond normal movements and drill activity uh, that long, long train you're talking about is something that I had not heard before. But just for example, there's talk of troops massing on the Mexican border, Mexican military massing up against the uh, Rio Grande. And there's a video out floating around about that. Well, okay, it's publicized. The governor of Baja California Norte, which includes Mexicali and TJ Tijuana, is in AMLO's party. And so there's a strong military effort. There's been probably four or five deployments within the last two years of significant military forces up into TJ and right up along the border to fight the cartels. 
and to support, because now the central government's party, the Morena party, is the president, he commands the army, the governor is Morena, and also the prosecutor, and the mayor of Tijuana. And so they finally get to clean up their town. And so, yes, there's another deployment of 200 Mexican special forces, including paratroopers. And, yes, they showed up with some cool stuff. Belt-fed weapons, Mark 19, uh, belt-fed grenade launchers, up-armored Humvees, some other stuff. But it, it is an announced deployment. I've got five articles on it. So I don't think that there needs to be any concern about that. And, and that was kind of one of the one of the woo-woo moments of, oh, no, that now invasion is happening. They're, they're just cleaning up what's been a crime-infested town for decades, and it's a good thing that, that there's a law and order government that's, that's uh, working against it. In Idaho Falls, now I've been through all of those lonely roads of Idaho, and some of them are very much strategic choke points, and there are military bases there, and there are plans on both sides. I mean, I've met Spetsnaz in Colorado and Wyoming yeah. and these places. I've that, reported that on that same. There. Yeah, I've reported on and, the same and, thing. And, and fool around in the woods all the time. They have little jobs. They're baristas. They they practice off practice karate, practice motocross, fool around in the woods and hunt and have a blast. But uh, they are they're there in the event of conflict to seize passes and critical choke points. And so that's been going on for a long, long time. And that part, this is what part of what brought me in to be a, con, a conservative broadcaster is seeing people that were my equals as far as martial arts, and then had military training extensively to boot. And they're foreigners, and they're in our country. Some of them have come to really believe in American values, our historic American values, not this uh, lefty high heel wearing soldier stuff of today. And so those things are there. They've been there for years. And right now, listen, Idaho Falls was a scheduled deployment. Oh, oh, before you go there, before you go there, I want to strengthen what you're saying because I know you're bridging to Idaho Falls. It's one second, though. I reported on this in 2010, 2011. Obama through FEMA agreement with the Russian Defense Ministry, they brought in 75,000 troops to America in various locations. And they brought many of them to Fort Carson. I have published the photos at thecommonsenseshow.com. You can go in there and say Russians at Fort Carson, and you can see it. That's the military base just south. Uh, it's one. It's the largest infantry base in the United States, and it's just south of Colorado Springs. They they showed joint maneuvers and so forth and so on. In fact, they even integrated the Russians into mainstream society. Colorado Springs has a AAA baseball team. And they were having Russian soldiers back in 2011 direct traffic at these baseball games just to integrate them into society. So that tells you this was like sleeper agents uh, territory here. That's how I saw it, Sam. The sad thing is I've come to like them a lot more than our American kids that count, can't count back the change at the burger stand or flip a, flip a hamburger correctly. We're supposed to be the hamburger nation. So all those alliances are going to shift when the doo-doo goes down. Yeah. And we'll, we will have to make decisions very quickly and see where things stand when the smoke clears. But I think the average American needs to be, needs to be prepared for unlikely and unforeseen alliances with uh, <laughs> such forces, mysterious forces that are present in our country. 
But yes, it was on the news that there would be tracked vehicles on the streets in Idaho Falls uh, going to and from training. The articles go back four or five days. You can just research it on the Internet, and it pops right up. And so uh, I'm, I'm just not seeing in media, of course, I'm not within the United States, but I'm not seeing in media what to me is a convincingly suspicious amount or frequency or uh, actions which seem strange in the heat of summer. It, it's, it, it's not coming together for me. And nobody wants it to be true more than I do, Dave. Nobody wants it to be true more than I do. What, what do you think the benefit is? Why do you want it to be true? Because we need our time of testing. All the all of the generations of the Bible, when they got to this point, when they got to a fat and lazy generation, they were put into the crucible. There are modern theories about this, about the fourth turning and some other sociological uh, works that are out there. But I just know what I see in the Bible is that two, three generations go by without a testing by fire, without a military, a, a, a fight to the death for the survival of a nation and of a society. It gets weak and decadent and self-absorbed and strays from our founding values and traditional values, which are biblical values. The values of the heroes of the Bible. And now, the Bible is closer to being outlawed than ever before. Well, they're taking it out of schools left and right. It's amazing. I, I forget the town, but I was reading where someone had gone to the school board and said, the Bible has too much sex in it. Take it out. And they took it out of every building, every library. But Heather has two mommies is there. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you, brother. So there are advantages to warfare, and I teach gospelgunslingers.com. We teach every day on Bible doctrines of self-defense, and more importantly, self-government. Self-defense is one thing, but when it comes to self-defense, it is only because we've already failed at self-government, other than a, you know very strange aberrations. When we, when we are proactive in self-government, there is not a lot of crime because crimes are swiftly punished, uh, people are executed, troublemakers are removed, uh, sometimes banishment, but very often execution. And our forefathers believed in that, and that's why. That's how we built this nation. It's just, it's just time for a purification. It's time for a shedding of America's skin. And it's time for the fight to break out and for good people to have the opportunity to settle scores in open battle. Also a very biblical concept. Yeah, I, I hear you. It's, we're, we're at the time when, you're right, allegiances are changing, and you need a scorecard to keep track of what's going on. How do you, where, where is all this going? If you were to sum up where we've been so far, and then we'll go further, of course, but what does all this mean? The average listener is going to say, okay, how does this affect me? There will be global war. Every nation will be involved, and every nation will have external war and internal strife. So it's not going to be clear. We don't know where the nations are going to line up. We don't know where uh, each person needs to consider where their neighbor is going to line up. 
who they're going to have to stand with, who they can rebuild a society with. And I'm not talking about out of the ashes of a total apocalypse. I'm talking about once, uh, once the lights go out, once the things that we've relied on so long break down, once 911 breaks down. We've already had breakdown in our financial systems, electoral systems. The fact that anybody still believes in the wisdom of this world is a shock to me after having lost half off of their properties, off of their investments, off of what they've worked for all their life through inflation and, and, and other forces. I just can't believe that anyone still thinks that they're going to wake up to a better day. It is a delusion. I uh, I agree. I, I think a false flag is right around the corner. What do you think? Uh, or the Oroville Dam. Yes. Take your pick. I think the Oroville Dam is more likely. Uh, of course, when you talk about a false flag, that's generally a military attack. Or it, it, it has been in recent American history, <clears throat> militia-type military attacks. But it's a military attack which is then blamed on somebody who didn't do it. So I think that's very likely. But we're very close to a nuke going off. And everyone needs to understand that this is an inevitability, just like the governor said, just like the Terminator said, Judgment Day is inevitable. There will be a nuclear detonation in anger, and it's probably going to happen within our lifetime. And it's probably going to happen within a couple of years. I am hoping for the city of Rome, personally. We can keep that out of our grill a little bit. But there will be nuclear detonations. It's a question of how many and how fast. There will be global war. There will be breakdown within nations. You know, right now in Haiti, there's a total breakdown. We weren't even going to talk about this, but I've been researching it a little bit. Ariel Henry, who's the acting prime minister, is the total U.N. puppet. And then the guy that they say is the the gang leader, uh, Jimmy Barbecue Cherizier, I believe is his last name, uh, that guy is most likely the good guy. And so right now there's total breakdown. The NGOs are handing out machetes to children on the streets. Look at look it up, Dave. It's in the news. It's nuts. The NGOs that normally hand out bandages and packets of rice are giving away hatchets and machetes to little kids on the street saying, go chop the gang members. And you know what? What they call gang members is the only law and order there is. Jimmy Barbecue is a former policeman who was very close to the assassinated president. And now... What's left? It it is Mad Max in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, right now today. Battle in the streets, gunfire, machetes and knives, clubs and stabbing weapons, and people being burned to death with gasoline. So, America, get ready. Yeah, I because agree. Because you will have the opportunity to be tested in the crucible. I want to get your. And I want to get your. Uh, a good friend of mine who sells gun holsters and encourages everybody to carry concealed says the problem with pacifism is not everyone subscribes to it. So I would just encourage people to break out. Mm -hmm. Break out of the shell. Break out of the mold. 
And this is something that I try to do every day. Listen, I'm, I'm on a little bit of a tear here, but we just talk every day about why we should govern ourselves and defend ourselves and how this happens in the Bible. And you know I'm more than 500 daily teachings down this road? More than 500. And so we have to consider that American Christianity has been totally infected with the heretical doctrine false doctrine of pacifism and it's it's unbiblical it's unchristlike the lord jesus is the yeah, captain I, I of want i want to go there with you sam um what do you make of stephen greer and all these revelations from government officials on uh ufo et's crash saucer retrieval programs what do you make of all that okay uh <clears throat> where to start we know that we're on the edge of a revelation that some things will be brought out for the public to see that have been hidden for a long time. What it is and where the truth lies is not so easy to uh, discern. And uh, I do have my theories about that, some pretty convincing ones, and I believe the most biblical theories of all as far as uh, where astral travel and anti-gravity travel comes from it's always interesting to talk to you about that, Dave, because of your father's involvement in those anti-gravity programs uh, that were top secret when you were young. And so I, I really think that this is about to break out. Now, Stephen Greer follows the path. I watched some of his videos, and uh, I'm not sure that's the name of the whistleblower. I think that's the guy that brought the whistleblower forth. But... Uh, do you know the name of the whistleblower that worked at the South Pole Station in Antarctica? No, I, I know what you're talking about. I saw, saw the, I saw the video. coming out of it, yeah, which see. was in the news today on The Sun. See, so, see, it came out on a tabloid first, but this was in the news today that there's a powerful green laser coming out of the South Pole yeah. Amundsen Station. I know something and, about that, Sam. This is total, total nonsense. It's LIDAR radar. That's what it is. And I've had that confirmed by multiple military sources. This guy is a total fraud. The uh, the disclosed TV whistleblower is a total fraud? The one from uh, Antarctica is, yes. I see. I, I'm, not saying, well, I'm not saying there's not funny things going down there, but um, Doug Thornton and I both have a real issue with the revelations. You know, Stephen Greer, first of all, you have to understand... He goes to a field with seance seekers, and they meditate, and UFOs show up. And I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say this. I just don't find that credible. And all of a sudden now, he's gone to the scientific side, and he's trying to bring out credible people. But here's what I also know. These intelligence agents, and they're intelligence agents, some of them, not all of them, uh, they wouldn't be halfway through the presentation, and the government, the FBI, would be arresting them immediately. And also, too, they wouldn't all be coming out at the same time. And why would they go through Stephen Greer? That doesn't even make any sense. He doesn't have the credibility or the vitae to bring this forward. So that's why Doug and I are very suspicious. We tend to think this is more Project Bluebeam. It's manipulated uh, information designed to push us towards world government after a fake alien invasion. That's our best guess right now. That is the likelihood of the government rollout because, see, a fake alien invasion will cause people to, will cause nations to unite with one another 
under a global governance. And so this is a plan that's been in existence for many decades, going all the way back to Werner von Braun. What I found interesting about uh, the whistleblower, I, I'm looking here on my other device, if I can find his name. I thought his site was disclosed.tv, but it's uh, evidently something else. This whistleblower from the South Pole, he came up in the Catholic school. He was groomed. He went into talented and gifted programs. He, in his uh, tell-all about this, suggests sexual abuse. There's the beginning of disrobing in the presence of adults. And then he tells about losing time, that is being a monarch multiple. And so this is, this is right down the line that I've exactly taught from the Bible and from my experience with the fracturing of the psyche which is what James refers to in the Bible as being a double-minded man, that is, daisuke, having a divided soul. And so the first thing that I would just like to bring out to the audience is that it's very real that children are conditioned and they are divided so that they have amnesic spells and fragments of their personality, which can then be programmed. And sex abuse is a big part of that, and very often the purpose. They are, are programmed to service other people and to do prostitution work. And so this whistleblower went down that path and then went into the submarine service, very secretive, and then after that was on an approved list to work amongst billionaires. Then after that got the invitation to go to the South Pole. So all that to me sounds like the likely way that a person gets the inside information. Now, whether or not he is still under control and is being used as a disinformation operative, that's another question and a very viable one. We don't know that answer. Well, if you're looking at sexual abuse, it depends on the age it happens. If it's before the age of seven or eight, uh, fantasy-type thinking kicks in, and these people are easy to program because kids think the cartoons at seven can really talk and sing and so forth. And so that's used to manipulate them later because they have what we call a personality identity fragmentation. And in fact, for multiple personality, and this is where this really leads, uh, the term multiple personality is outdated. They call it disassociative identity disorder now. And look at the key phrase, Sam, disassociative. They disassociate from reality, and they can have something else planted in. This is how you can create Manchurian candidates and a whole host of other possibilities. I'm really amazed how well you put that into a nutshell. I've taught on this probably 20 hours. I did a series of seven uh, open interviews with Holly Baglio about her experiences as a government operative and being tortured in underground bases and so forth. And we talk a great deal about the Bible. So whether or not someone wants to believe that there's an entire subterranean world, uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying that that's a requisite. Sometimes people just realize that they've lost some time. Sometimes they realize that they're not serving the Lord God Almighty with their whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. And they want to know why. And so uh, I brought forth a lot of maybe helpful information on that. Uh, just reach out to me if somebody wants to know. But some of those interviews are on uh, 
my website. We could find them all. I'd really like to write a book out yeah, of them. I'd like, you to, I'd like you to put me in contact with Holly Bagwell. I've heard of her, and I want to interview her. We'll make that happen. Okay. Thank you. Well, Sam, um, anything else about Antarctica that's getting your attention? Here again, if, if someone does not want to believe in a spacecraft, if they don't want to believe in an off-world entity or millions of years, a lot of those things I don't believe either. But understand that Antarctica is of enormous military significance. Mm -hmm. And this is why you and I have reported as events happened in South America. One was a Chilean Air Force C-130 yeah. that was flying to Antarctica, exploded in mid-flight. Two of the most highly trained command pilot instructors in the right and left seat of that very, very uh, tough warbird. A C-130 can take enormous damage, and it just explodes. This was a missile. This was an attack. And this is part of the communist takeover of this, the, the South American nations. The communist government was right then taking power in neighboring Argentina, and here's this accident with the Chilean military as they're on their way to Antarctica. So understand that this is the gateway from the Pacific to the Atlantic. China has to control that to succeed in a world war. And so there's, there's immense warfare over Tierra del Fuego, the Drake Passage, the Antarctic Peninsula, and the outlying islands. A lot of people wonder why the Falkland Islands are even significant. Why did Britain run a military campaign 8,000 miles from her shores in 1982 to retake the Falklands from Peronist, that is really Nazi, Argentina? Well, they did it because this is how they control the South Atlantic and the Drake Passage, passage into the Pacific Ocean. And Britain as a maritime power has controlled that for centuries, and they weren't about to give it up. But aside from the Falklands, there's other little island clusters, and there have been weird occurrences in the past three, four years. A, a powerful earthquake at a military base at one of these outlying islands. I wrote an entire article about it and, and, and what the military significance is. So that's totally outside of any UFOs, any flying saucers, not even getting into Admiral Byrd and Operation yeah, High Jump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fact that the Nazis did go to Antarctica and named a huge swath of it New Schwabenland after Schwabia in Germany. So all of that is historical fact. It's known. And one more big thing, and I wrote an article on this. Uh, this is October of last year of 2022. A famed expert from Italy said this wreck that was just found scuttled off the Argentine coast is an untersea boat from Nazi Germany. And this wreck verifies everything we suspected about the rat lines. And we know at the end of World War II that the Germans were moving uranium. They were moving ME-262 jet fighters, ME-163 rocket fighters, disassembled in ocean-going long-transit submarines. And the fact that one of the wrecks was discovered of a previously unknown and uncaught submarine. Now, there were rumors in that area of Argentina, rural area, that, that uh, European immigrants came ashore about that time, 1945, 
but the wreck was never found, the evidence was destroyed, and the fact that this wreck was found just last year, there were long-distance ocean-going, some of them 10,000-ton submarines, and this is one that was previously unknown, even in, even in the Nazi records. There was not a serial number for this hole. And so we're finding evidence today that the Nazi flight out of Germany with their height of technology, tons and tons of liquid mercury, of uranium, of suspicious, suspicious things to power Wonder Weapons, Wonder Waffen, and now we're proving it just in these very recent years. So even if someone is a total naysayer and poo-pooer about the supernatural, doesn't want to see flying objects float in and out of the volcano that I live underneath, that's fine. There is military significance to Antarctica, which is enormous. Well, Sam, I'm going to run something by you here. There are two UFO cases that really get my attention, but I have a different explanation than the average person. The case of Betty and Barney Hill. Betty was able to identify from what she said the ETs told her where a star system they were from. And at that time, in the 60s, we didn't know this star system existed. It wasn't until a decade later, validating what she said. Number two, the Travis Walton case in Arizona. He's on a lumber crew, and he's trailing behind, and they're in the truck, and they can see him. They saw him abducted. They saw him taken up. Those were eyewitnesses, and when he was there, he was gone for five days, he said U.S. military was there. Now, that didn't make the movie, but he has told people that, like Annie DeRiso, who used to do UFO conferences, and she was my news director for six and a half years. So what I'm leaning towards, and I talked to Pastor Langford about this today, I think this is the great deception. Um, I think that ETs are not ETs. They're demons, and they're masquerading to have a fake alien invasion to invoke Project Bluebeam, like you said earlier, and basically put the governments in the world under the control of the Antichrist. What do you think about that? All of these threads come together. The mind control, the sex abuse, the vine of Sodom. Mm -hmm. As far as what the creatures are, I'll tell you, and if someone wants to get on my channel and do hours of research in the Bible, you're welcome to do it. I've put it out there. You're dealing with two classes of creatures. One is Nephilim. And those are human beings with angel blood. It's yep. an angel and hybrid. Correct. And you and I have done uh, three or four different shows on that. Yes. If you go to my Subscribestar, subscribestar.com slash gospelgunslingers, just scroll down and you can find all of those interviews with Dave and a link to his uh, your TV site for the final interview. But other than that one, they're all free. You have to pay your three bucks to see the final one with me and Dave. So all that information is out there. The other is, there are creatures in the Bible called Tanin. This word occurs 28 times in the Hebrew Old Testament. And it is a dragon. It means nothing else. And so I know it's a jump for the average American, but uh, just understand that the Bible talks a huge amount about dragons, what they're like. The, the Levi Tanin is a type of Tanin. It's the original Tanin. And I've done seven lessons on the Tannin. And you can find them on YouTube. Just search Gospel Gunslingers, Dragon Lancers series, and it'll come up. And I'll walk you through the Bible that this is a reality. 
And then here's the other answer to your question. There are also tannic hybrids. There are human beings that are crossed with tannin. And that's where you get this reptilian type that they say are from outer space or whatever. But uh, some people that were very high up in government have been seen to shapeshift. The most famous one being Queen Elizabeth. I have spoken about Queen Elizabeth a number of times. I do believe that uh, Queen Elizabeth was a tannic hybrid and her mother before her. So uh, just understand that that's out there and the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us what we'll be dealing with, what Joshua dealt with, what David dealt with, what all the warriors of God and David's mighty men dealt with. You know, how did David's mighty man uh, go down and kill a leopard in a pit on a snowy day and kill two lion-like men of Moab? You're dealing with hybridized humanity. It was very prevalent in the Bible. There were entire nations that were Nephilic and slated for extermination. And some of them were spared even then. So when this comes out, just understand that there are human hybrids, both with angels and with dragons. This has nothing to do with hundred thousands of years or millions of years, and it doesn't have to do with millions of light years into space either, although space travel is a technological possibility. So uh, I just encourage everyone to open your mind a little bit that the Bible tells us how to deal with what, what our adversaries are going to be and how to deal with them, and that a lot of them are going to come to us for help and are going to come to help us. So this is another thing that we see in the Bible. If somebody's interested, check out my lengthy teachings about how uh, David was helped by Nephilic armies. And Joshua also made alliances with the Nephilic nation of the Gibeonites. One interesting point, Dave, and then uh, we can go on to another subject. I was reading Arthur Conan Doyle, who believed in the spirit world at very much against his contemporaries at the time, right at the turn of the a century from 1800s into 1900. Arthur Conan Doyle wrote in The Lost World a note about the Gibeonites. And basically, he stated, and really only a, a serious Bible scholar would catch this, but when he discusses the ape men that were running wild in this lost world of South America, he said once they were subjugated, they would hew wood and carry water for perpetuity. And this is a clear reference to the Bible account of the Gibeonites, a Nephilic tribe. Arthur Conan Doyle is saying in that statement, I'm going to paraphrase it, he's saying that the Gibeonites of the Bible were ape men. They were Nephilic hybrids that had animal characteristics and supernatural power. Mm -hmm. And it's right there in his book, The Lost World. Well, you know, it comes back to what I've mentioned to you before on the show. Um, if there are hybrid children and there's interbreeding going on to some degree, I always wonder why there's such depraved indifference towards humanity as a whole. But if they're not of the same DNA, they're not of the same species, that would make sense to me. The problem in Israel of the Bible is that they had become even worse than the heathen. That even when the land vomited out the Nephilic inhabitants of Canaan, that Israel was warned that if they went after their idols, if they intermarried with their women, if they allowed survivors, if they 
persisted in the same activities and allowed themselves to be enticed, that the land would vomit them out also. And we see, as the prophets later accused, that Israel had become even worse than the heathen. And so it's a very common and prevalent theology, which comes from Catholicism, that angel blood is like totally excludes people from any future in the Lord Jesus Christ. But that's not what we see in the case of the Gibeonites. It's not what we see with Ruth the Moabitess. It's not what we see with uh, Boaz, uh, excuse me, Ruth and with Rahab, Rahab the harlot. You know, uh, Boaz didn't have to let Ruth glean in his fields. He could have had her deported. But maybe the reason that he didn't is because his father was Salmon, the mighty warrior who fought with Joshua and fell in love with Rahab the harlot and married her. And the son of that union is Boaz. It's right in the first chapter of the book of Matthew. Why is that significant? You don't mind if I defend myself a little. I've no, gotten no, a lot no. of criticism. Yeah, let me ask you this. A lot of criticism why, today why, is, why is that conclusion you just stated, why is that important? Because this is the genealogy of the Lord Jesus, who, of course, was an uncorruptible seed. But when you look at the, the genealogy in the opening of Matthew and the opening of Luke, there are these two obvious uh, exceptions to the line of Israel. And that is Rahab the harlot and Ruth the Moabitess. And they're only one generation apart. And, and this happened and was written in the Bible so that we would get off our high horse and understand that our reckoning in the Lord Jesus Christ is the circumcision of the heart. And it is not our, our the purity of our bloodline. Maybe in Noah's case, he was pure in his generations. But now, I don't think we can find anybody who can make the same claim. Grace is open to all. Hey, if they take up the sword, if they fight with the Lord, with the Lord's armies. You know, Queen Elizabeth led a rebellion globally within her kind against the papacy. And it went on for a couple of years before her death. And now there's a there's a lot there's a lot of decisions being made what the new rallying point is going to be. And so, yeah, the anti-gravity propulsion is out there. Who's got it? There are some, there are some magical persons and creatures that have it. The Bible tells about them. Well, I'll say, I'll say this. Going, going back to the work of my father, he asked uh, the scientists, and I've said this before on the show, um, where'd you get this information? You're so far ahead of us in theoretical physics, and they said from aliens. And he said, well, did you ever meet them? And they said, no, our commanders did. And my dad knew about the penchant that the Nazis had for the occult, so he assumed this was demonically inspired. That was my dad's final conclusion. Okay, but if you look into the annals of the Vril Society, it's not Jimmy Page sitting in front of a mirror naked, you know, uh, doing dope. They met with singularly beautiful human beings that claimed once they had established trust to be over 100 years old 
And so the Nazi technology was given to them by angelic hybrids, by Nephilim, that needed the industrial base of Nazi Germany to create the things that they had conceived in their advanced minds. And so, yes, they're only fallen angels have offspring. And so they're very much in touch with the demonic. But they don't have to be. Uriah was a Hittite. And when Nathan the prophet came to reprove King David for having him murdered, he didn't call him an ape and a gorilla. He called him your neighbor and a man. But the fact is, he was a Nephilic hybrid from a nation that was slated for extermination because of being abominable heathens and Nephilic hybrids. Okay, so... So, l- yeah, l- going back Sam to the dawn the, of go. anti-gravity technology in Nazi Germany, the Nephilim drew out the diagrams and, and gave the original schematics to Nazi engineers. I would agree. I think and of course, possible. there was an unholy alliance, not only not only into the occult, but straight to the papacy. Franz von Papen was there at the signing of the of the Reichskonkordat. The Reichskonkordat was an alliance between the Catholic Church and Germany, and contained a provision in which case Germany would secretly and illegally rearm. And so. Now that the Vatican is involved openly in alien disclosure, they were there from from the giddy-up with Nazi Germany. This is their fourth attempt at ruling the world again. Yeah, I I don't disagree. Um, I would say the lesson I take away from this... Still with me, Dave? Yes, I am with with you here. I had the cough button on, sorry. Uh, My takeaway here is this. You better walk with Jesus because there's a lot of deception and there's a lot of dangerous deception. And uh, the Lord will not depart from you as promised in the book of Matthew. Sam, let's talk about how people can follow your good work. Thank you, Dave. I have a main site, gospelgunslingers.com. It hasn't been taken from me yet. (laughs) I also, I have a YouTube. I have a Twitter. They're heavily censored, but I'm up there. So just look around. The, the gospel gunslingers exist. And I would encourage every Christian believer to open the, your eyes to the supernatural. Understand that the, the giving of the Holy Spirit, the promise, its access is to you and your children and to all are, who are afar off, even as many as the Lord your God shall call. So come in to prophecy. Come into angelic visitations and gifts of healings. You're going to need that on the battlefields that are coming. Okay. And I'd like to be your pastor and to be your missionary. Just reach out to me. That sounds good. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you have heard uh, a stark presentation and warning about what lies ahead, and you have a choice. And I would recommend that you don't sit on the fence. You make that choice. Anyway, on behalf of Pastor Sam Arnold, I'm Dave Hodges of the Common Sense Show, and we will see you back here again next time. God bless everybody.